welcome everybody, and I say everybody who will be listening to this. Um, this is John from the Art and Ministry podcast, and I'm here with Lockie, and we've got a wonderful guest today named Cherie, who is a very oh. talented artist. <laughs> and welcome uh, to Cherie, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking to her today all about her work and what she does and a little bit about what uh, some of her plans are for the future are, some of the projects she's done, and uh, find out a little bit more about uh, how she uses her art in the world of gospel ministry. So welcome, Cherie. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, yeah, when I saw your podcast go up, I was pretty keen and excited, and then next thing I know, here's an invite, and I thought, yes, that sounds fantastic. (laughs) So thank you. Yeah, you're very much on Lucky and Our's list. We were thinking, oh, wouldn't it be good <laughs> if? So um, we're just so happy um, to have you here. Uh, but uh, we've known you for a little while and seen some of your work and uh, just been really impressed with what what you've done. Um, Lucky, has there been um, a, t- a time where you've seen, I suppose, Cherie most recently that you can think of or whether it was on the social media or her art or uh, face-to-face? When was the last time that you bumped into Cherie, do you think? I think um, we actually uh, caught up at one point um, personally. Cherie has been something of my secret <laughs> weapon um, for many years. Uh, so I, in, in various ministry endeavours, uh, I've been involved with um, both Sheree and her husband, Sam. Um, mm. uh, Sheree's incredibly creatively gifted and Sam's incredibly technically capable. Mm. And so between them, if anything I could get involved in ends up looking better because it just goes smoothly and it's full of great ideas. And um, uh, But, yes, I mean, uh, Sheree, I've uh, been involved with, uh, like, creative arts ministry and all kinds mm. of things, and I have the utmost respect for um, and yes, when we were talking, the idea of someone actually raised a question um, on uh, some of our socials um, mm-hmm. as a as a possibly thinking about the future. You know what what might you do topic wise? And someone was saying, can you can you address the fact that um, there's always artwork um, where Jesus is represented as sort of um, uh, white and long haired and surferish. Anglo-Saxon, right. blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We we're, were thinking, well, neither of us are exactly ex- experts on Renaissance art, um, but there's definitely a lot to be done there with um, the question of how do you represent Jesus, and we'll, we'll get into that. But, um, uh, but yeah, you're, you're one of the first names I thought of and when I was thinking, well, who could we have a conversation about? How do you visually represent these sort of things, you know? Absolutely. And I think for me, I've loved having a look at Cherie's social media art posts, particularly the ones where she's looking at different styles, because that's such a creative idea. And being into a bit of drawing myself, um, I was never, I think, confident enough to tackle many different styles. I did a little bit, but she really gets into it and tries something very different and comes up with something very creative. So... Um, how long have you been doing that for, Cherie? Um, so in terms of the different styles challenges or in yeah. terms of, yeah, I think when I started Instagram, I guess, a couple of years ago, I kicked off with um, Inktober. I'm not sure if you guys know that one. Mm, so I have heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So there's a challenge that kicks around where every day for the month of October, 
the goal is to have a different drawing done traditionally. And for a digital artist, that sometimes is a little bit torturesome, but it helps you just keep trying different ways of doing art. And so I kicked that off um, on the Instagrams. And then after a while, I kept seeing these posts saying, draw this in your style. And I had no idea what that meant. Um, But it turns out that any different artist is able to draw a picture, put a tag on it saying, draw this in your style. They might put a deadline to it. They might leave it open. And it leaves other artists, um, I guess, a real chance of copying the style but having permission to copy in that sense. So they use their own style, but they can also learn from the other artist's style. And it's almost like a free way of learning and upskilling. So, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask you about that in the second <laughs> the, the second question. I've got a particular question about that, but I'm going to hand it over to Lockie for the first question uh, okay. about your drawing. Yeah. And yes. I might we, eat some chocolate every now and again, so don't mind me. Oh, please, please. Oh, <laughs> it's it's mandatory. Kind of <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, the first question, yeah, we we almost touched on it because um, uh, I think this is where you thought we were going a moment ago. But um, the question is, how did you get into drawing? Because it's one of those things that people look at and just go, oh, my goodness, I always wish I could do that. And I, I, I will admit I download some of the tutorial things you put on Facebook of like this is how you draw eyes and this is how you draw mm. faces and things. I, I regard myself as an emergency backup artist in the same way as an emergency backup drummer in that if you've got mm. no one else, I'll do something. <laughs> um, but... The question is, how how did you start? Is it is it just a matter of natural talent, and you you just picked up a pen and a, um you just had this mysterious like oh I could do this I guess kind of thing. Power or, came down. Yeah, <laughs> or was yeah there it was a, absolutely or, absolutely yeah. the Holy Spirit. Um, oh well, that's yeah. It. <laughs> and you know, I woke up one day and I was suddenly able to draw. No, that's, yep. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> absolutely a lie. Um, Look, I probably get a little bit irky around natural talent, but I don't want to dismiss people that have natural talent because I may fall into that category, but I'm not sure. I I guess thinking through this, I sometimes think through the teacher headspace and I sometimes think through just the normal life experience headspace. Mm. I guess personally, I grew up and I had the experience of being able to draw at home, but I also had the experience of having access to picture books and I fell in love with picture books. Mm. And from that, as a kid, I wanted to write picture books, which also meant I needed to learn to draw. And so I would be drawing as many picture books um, that I could. I would do my own picture books. This kind of seed started. Um, I wasn't sure if it was an obsession, but it felt like that at points um, because there's something amazing about stories that takes hold. But then being able to visually tell a story is amazing as well. Mm. And so I know I've got siblings, um, a twin sister, older brother, and um, I guess they never really picked up on the creativity the way that I did. So in some sense, you could say natural talent in the way that we all had the same exposure to these things growing up, but these were the things that I picked up on and I took and ran with. Um, So, yeah, my mum tells me the story that she came in and do you know those A-frames with like the chalkboard and the whiteboard? and the the paper that people add on them, that side of things. She came into the room at age four. I was, I think, planning out Cinderella on this little board, um, page by page, flipping it and showing my mum how to do it and, like, what it was. And um, 
yeah, so that golden nugget she told me a couple of years ago and it sort of reminded me that, okay, maybe some of these things happen early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of just drawing and, and that side of things, um, I have forgotten the original question, so that's okay. That's <laughs> Well, had to, had to but, get um, into it. It sounds like it was a very yeah. very process very much so so yeah over the years it was just a matter of how can I tell stories visually um in primary school I was writing and drawing comics um by high school I had five big folders where each sleeve had a different comic idea in it and mm. you split the pages up eight by eight grid <clears> and then you'd have a comic on one side and send it to the other side and you fill that page with text and dialogue and and it was just I, I don't know obsession uh, on fire kind of stuff um, all through primary school, all through high school. And they even took it to my first uni degree, which was in visual communications because wow. um, the the young child in me really, really wanted to write and draw my own stories. So yeah. that's sort of how that flows. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will sneak one extra question in because you touched on the idea yeah, of natural yeah. talent, um, that idea of, you know, everyone just kind of going, oh, it must just be a gift. Um, there's many areas of the arts where that that sort of issue comes up, but one of the things mm. I've, I've noticed in many areas of the arts is um, practice and practice, it, it, quite often it comes down yes. to practice will be better than natural talent and generally yep. practice and natural talent together will leave everyone else in the, <laughs> like, leave people in the dust. That's would would very you say true. art is that sort of similar? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. So then maybe there's like two elements that come to mind when thinking about it is you've got practice and then you've got a, um, I forgot the second one, so I'll start with the first one. You have practice and practice is super important. So actually by the time I finished my university degree, um, I hit massive burnout in my art stuff. Um, I really struggled to pick up work in terms of the emotional side of it and it took nearly three years of practising just to get back to any type of rhythm. And so it was mm. the practice that brought those skills back um, because by the time I started again, I'd lost a lot that I had been gaining over the years. Mm. And so it was practice daily that rebuilt that. Um, it's almost like I had a handicap again, starting up again. Mm. Um, so that's where practice is just, it's really important. Um, the second thing is, um, and maybe it's a slight tangent, but one of the worst things you can do as an artist or a creative or anyone trying to learn a new skill is compare yourselves to other people. Yeah. 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 And that's going to be something that makes it hard to practice. That's going to make something hard to even get off, get off the ground. The only person you can compare yourself to is yourself. Where were you yesterday to today? And you just keep moving up that way. So it's kind of like practice. But also, yeah, you got to give your own the best chance to to carry mm. on the skills if you are interested in pursuing it yeah that's a really good point and i remember a minister saying to me once one of the one of the big sort of the most i suppose standout things he used to say was be wary of the sideways <laughs> glance meaning <laughs> you know looking at oh that person's doing that and that's working out there or that's doing there or whatever the case you know and yeah. uh, getting caught up in thinking what other people are doing. Uh, and uh, I've always benefited from that because it's very much in art I've found that people are very talented at very different things, but it's often really good to pursue those things that you're that are special for you and that you're you're gifted in because those things are unique and uh, 
you can practice those and really bring them to the fore and and uh yeah be quite an original mm. artist in that way yeah because in I some think, ways yeah sorry <laughs> right, you, you go. i was gonna say i think it's in is it in john or one of the gospels where uh and i think it is john where one of the disciples at the end asks him oh but what about your other disciple or what about mm. him what about him and jesus says to him you know don't focus on this disciple focus on what you're doing um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm doing a butchering of it but it's the, the premise is there it's in the bible i think that i think that was actually um, one of the other disciples talking about john and yes jesus yes. answered what's <laughs> it to you basically what does it matter yeah, yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and one of my favorite narnia books horse and his boy um uh, aslan has the whole yeah. thing of i only tell people their own stories don't don't ask me about that person's story yeah. let's talk about you and me <laughs> yeah yeah fantastic hmm. So in all of those different times of practice and, and doing art in many different ways, is there a style that really resonates with you? Is there a style where you go, I love doing it this way, whether it's with markers or pens or biro or canvas or paper? Is there one where you just go, oh, that's 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 my thing? <laughs> What's your weapon like, of choice? My weapon <laughs> yeah. of choice. Ooh. So I think until about... I forget how many years, maybe seven years ago, um, I was doing it all traditionally and using the Artline felt tip pens and they are amazing. Yes, um, they are. Really love them. <laughs> um, but then I'd switched to traditional because I realised if I was going to be on a bus all the time or out of the house, it's a lot easier to take the tablet with me as this mm. is, I'll just put it on video, um, particularly if you're drawing straight onto the tablet. Um, it's mm. a lot more natural. It still took a very long time to learn it, to be honest. Um, but what has translated across has still been the the type of line work. Um, yeah. So I, I'm a sucker for high contrast. Uh, yeah. So anything that's black and white um, is great. Now, obviously, high colour contrast is also great. But anything with that black and white, and even though I try different styles and may have different proportional sizes, I've tried mm. to keep that line work the same across all the different um, images and illustrations that I end up doing. So if the um, target audience has changed and you're looking at an illustration that's set up for preschool and so you might be looking for younger faces, bigger round faces and smaller bodies, the line work stays the same. Whereas if you're going for the comic art um, for an older audience, um, the line work stays the same in terms of the quality, um, but the proportions of the person has changed and the eyes have changed and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I'm just a sucker for that line work, to be honest. Um, mm. But in terms of uh, a style that I tend to lean towards the most naturally, um, that tends to be a kind of comic anime mix. Um, and so because one of my goals is still to try and write and draw my own stories, I try to have that accessible um, comic style because that's the one I'm naturally using in my comics and that's mm. the one that I want to get better and faster at so that I don't have to spend so much time doing the work in the comics. Um, yeah. So the more I work on that, that's kind of where you'll probably see a lot more consistency along that kind of style. Um, yeah. But the nature of being an artist is that it's all fluid sometimes, which means that any client can come up to me and ask for a different style. And I will try my best to accommodate. Um, unless they're asking about watercolor, then I will struggle. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
is that a is that an Apple iPad with a is it is that a pencil Apple pencil that you have with it? So this here is a Samsung uh, Galaxy Tab S6. Oh, um, okay. It's older because it's actually a smaller version. I actually find that I'm going to struggle when I update because the others are <laughs> going to be bigger than A4 or mm. A4, um, and it's just not going to be comfortable to draw on. I was going to show the pen, but I have misplaced it, and yeah. then I found it. So there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, should, should anyone be worrying, wondering, we're not sponsored by either Samsung or Apple? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my bad but like i'm a i'm a really big fan of samsung i'll just keep saying the word but i hope you don't have to pay every time i say it <laughs> <laughs> if they're list, if they're listening they might give you a sponsorship yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I need a new tablet one day so <laughs> i was about to say i think she might just be keen on a free one <laughs> yeah yeah but um well um yes yeah, so, so question i Gospel ministry is sometimes called ministry of the word. And I know there's people out there who sort of think of it very much as a, a thing of words. Um, and, you know, there's some kind of how you speak and maybe music will come into it, but they, that's basically a way of getting words across. Um, from the number of things I have seen you do um, where you are bringing art skills to bear in a, a, a sort of a gospel ministry space, I would assume you do not agree that <laughs> it's, it's a holy word thing and art has no place in it. Um, so I, I guess my question would be, if someone were to say, why why is art or illustration powerful for communicating ideas of faith? How would you respond to that? Well, I'll, um, I'll add a little bit in because um, you mentioned something that reminded me of something good, <laughs> hopefully, um, is that if we think about modern language and the words that we use um, and the sounds that we use, um, it's all formed from different noises. It's all formed from different brush strokes. It's like we all sat down, um, maybe not us here now, but over the millennia, people sat down and started putting things to paper, strokes and, and letters started forming. And so it was all a visual communication to begin with. Um, and so language in itself comes in so many forms. And I like to think of art as just another language format. Um, same as music, as we see, there's just different ways it connects and clicks. And so mm. music uses and utilises words to communicate, but those sounds have also been modified. Um, just like art will use strokes and will use um, ways of communicating. Um to be its own language, to also communicate its own things. Um, but they are more, I forget the word for it, but they're more subtle. They aren't things that we can always necessarily put into words. And so in that sense, art and illustration helps us to have a visual testimony, um, particularly in the um, the area of faith, mm. is, I think, quite key. Um, <clears throat> so during studies, they start, looking at things about how there's six universal emotions. Um, bonus points if you know what they are. <laughs> but they include um, happiness, sadness, fear, anger, surprise and disgust. Mm. When it comes to art and illustration, um, there's a great depth of being able to express that. If it's a visual art piece, it might be through the colours that are chosen and there's a whole range of things around colour psychology that, that hits people differently. 
Um, but perhaps if it's more of the illustrations that I do when it comes to character works or ways to display things um, without word, um, particularly, um, there is a range there which through even just those six emotions can be ex expressed across cultures and across um, boundaries where words would be the barrier. Mm. Um, and so in terms of communicating ideas of faith or in terms of communication through illustration, I think art plays a really key role um, for communicating faith. So if you think of, I'm trying to think of like the first thing that pops to mind, and maybe you've got a picture of Jesus coming the storm. Um, and there's many ways you can actually communicate that message to people, mm. but you might have Jesus drawn within a storm that already sort of signifies that there's something different about this. It's a bit intriguing, but then you start bringing the colours in and you start changing the storm to be ferocious and maybe mm. internally we start thinking there's big things going on here. And you already see the communications just changing through colour. Um, but then you might have different postures and different styles um, that aid to the scene being communicated. Um, but as soon as you then start adding in the disciples and their expressions, um, compared mm. to what Jesus' expression might be, you're then <clears throat> communicating again a relational aspect. Um, the disciples might be terrified. And as humans, we can look at terrified faces and feel a little terrified ourselves. It communicates a lot. Um, and as we see maybe adding those waves in ferociously, but Jesus is calm and still in one image itself, um, there hasn't been no words used at all, and yet the communication is clear. Something's different about Jesus. He seems to have this power and stillness in a storm. He's not scared like those who are also in the boat. Um, and there's just something really powerful about being able to use illustration to get that stuff across even on a, on a small level. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a, there's, in some ways, there's so much complexity that can you can communicate with an image, like just the difference mm. in... Like if you're drawing Jesus talking to someone, just the difference in the, you know, a few strokes of the pen and his eyes go from angry to kind. And that makes yeah. such an image for what you're communicating in that. Much, such a difference oh, for what you're communicating really in that. Because <laughs> I did recently work on a Jesus Come to the Storm picture and I perhaps in the second pass could see it better, but uh, the feedback I got is it looks like Jesus is just shrugging. Can you lift his arms up a bit more? And it was so yeah. true. The, the Just the subtle change changed it from a, eh, this is okay, into yeah. a, yeah, let's let's change the, the storm. Let's let's bring this back in. Um, yeah. Ten, ten makes, God. <laughs> yeah. Rather than just shrugging it off. <laughs> <laughs> it actually makes me think a bit about how, like, um, you don't need words all the time with illustration and maybe we can see this like when you have movies that get translated to other languages mm. um, and maybe books that can get translated into other languages because the visuals, they're still quite accessible across different cultures. Mm. Um, but something that's really powerful, again, with, with illustration, though, is if you have someone in your church who's perhaps in a wheelchair, maybe a young child, you could design a specific illustrated um, picture with Jesus talking to the children and one of the children is in a wheelchair mm. and that's going to instantly communicate the love of Christ to that child. Yeah. And yeah. so there's so much power in just having an image that's making the child know that they are still loved by Jesus than perhaps taking it off the internet or, or those sort of things. Um, there are some things that 
I just think illustration has such a power to connect um, in faith. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very wonderful, deep answer, actually. Um, and do, when you were talking about um, sort of the universal nature of, of the visual, I couldn't help think about, uh, and Lockie will appreciate this as well, given his theatrical aspects as well, <laughs> um, Rowan Atkinson, uh, Mr Bean, I didn't realise how massive he was around the world because they don't even have to subtitle him. He's a hundred percent visual. So when he yeah. in like uh, Spain or France or wherever it is, everyone knows. Oh yeah, yeah, Mister Bean. You know, because it's they see this There's visual. Almost no words. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't doesn't have words, but it's the visual, and it's so powerful and. Yeah, amazing! It really is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the visual is such a powerful thing, and uh, it's like any amazing piece of art. You can see movement in it, and you can mm. see, wow, there's there's a significance there, especially in a lot of those religious paintings where they, mm. it's just just an ex- subtle expression. Um, it's just amazing. It just makes you think, oh wow, I see exactly what's happening there. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, the it- thing about. Sorry. I was going to say, I think about visual arts as well is that when an artist is pouring their soul out onto a piece um, and they're going through that process, you're almost seeing a glimpse behind their own personal veil and their relationship with God or their relationship with Jesus or how they think about the world because Mm. sometimes art really just connects straight from the emotions onto the page Um, and that's that's so good. Um, Not all art will do that, but those who do it, uh, good on them for sharing that much you know great good job <laughs> it's I, I think one of the things that's really interesting about art is so much there's there's an element of your interpretation in um in the image like in terms of whether yeah. you your experience of Jesus is going to dictate whether you draw his eyes as angry or sad or kind and that's going to resonate with different people. And that's probably one of the ways and reasons why people find it scary sometimes, but it's also one of the things that makes it so powerful. Hmm. Absolutely. And there's also um, just an element where, like, I see it translated in my head quite succinctly or quite connected with if you were to just be doing a youth talk or, or a kid's talk or something because the words you use will use some of the same processes of figuring out what to communicate to your audience as well and yep. so um if you're in a christian audience you'll use christian words stronger but if you're in a non-christian audience you'll be trying to make sure you're not too christian like you haven't got too much christian language that's hard to understand through that as well yeah, um, yeah. i think the same yeah. happens with art you've got to be you know you can be an artist who just is expressive and that's great but if you are tailoring to audiences you have to be careful about how much you throw in uh so you don't want to throw what is it the uh the archangels images that are a little bit wacky and out there to preschoolers without any context. That's just not going yeah. to work. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a tangent, but yeah. Mm. So a good question. Um, it sort of touched on in that last thing, you know, the, the idea of people finding certain things about um, arts and how it communicates faith ideas scary. Um, hmm. Would you say that, drawing an illustration actually has any limitations or even any dangers when it comes to communicating faith stuff? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, 
And there's a portion of it that I think I need to do more research on, to be honest. Um, mm. But I think in a tangible way, um, one of the big risks is still around the communication, um, particularly when you're trying to communicate um, something about uh, Christ um, and is it biblical Christ or is it Christ that you see in your head and how do you mm. make that clear, um, those differences, how do you really check um, the theology as you're writing or drawing this stuff out um, is yep. kind of key as well. Um, I've been known to be a bit of an overthinker, so um, <laughs> that's where this is kind of biased and nuanced from. But if you think, again, as as art as a language, you've still got someone who's trying to communicate something and then you've got someone who's receiving that communication mission, message. Mm. <laughs> um <laughs> And the person who's receiving it has their own biases from their own experiences in their life as well. That's kind of going to get in the way sometimes of trying Mm -hmm. to read what the original person's communicated. And so art also has the bias of the person drawing onto the page too. So you've got these layers where there's a risk where anything could be taken out of context. Um, Maybe as we live in a Maybe as we live in a satirical culture and those sort of things, there's many things that could be misinterpreted mm. or even used for harm um, when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, even just being a trigger for a person, like if you draw an image of God as a father with a child, but someone has a really yeah. negative relationship with their father, you know, that, that yeah. says something different to them to what it would to other people. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, if you think about it in a a lot of sermons and a lot of talks, you do use images through your words. So you'll talk about mm-hmm. the God who is father, the God who is um, friend, and these sort of images. And that sometimes emits an emotive response from people. But when you've got the actual visual image straight in front of people's faces as well, that itself will also create a reaction. It may create a thinking point or a talking point. But for those who have been um, hurt, or confused or um, however many things that can happen and go wrong with church and church people, um, images can sometimes make it really front and centre and it's really hard to avoid that if it's been put up in, I don't know, a workplace or something. It's hard to know where it could be put up as well. Um, But the communication risks can also just be high that maybe you've decided to draw... um, God as father um, and you put your heart and soul into it and then, yeah, as you said, someone looks at that and goes, but God is not father or, yeah, and then they're upset by it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's it's interesting. Another aspect of it is that, again, that who's your target audience can come to mind. So as you're doing yeah. this communication process and you've not had the target audience or the end goal in mind, it's like going into a preschool and talking about eschatology. Uh, that's just not going to go very well. <laughs> or going into a high school. Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah. Or going to a high school and trying to train, train them on how to use the potty. Like mm. there's just so many things to think through. Um, and this may not apply all the time. These were sort of the, the things I could think of when trying to think about risks. Um, mm. There's not as many limits that come to mind unless you think of it in the same realm as general Bible content or general um, things around that, whether it's, you know, are there enough people to do the work of this area when it's communicating things through illustration? Are there enough 
uh, is there enough budget and that sort of stuff to allow people to have it as a stipend? Um, mm. Is it there a limitation on where people can go? A lot of schools won't allow things into the schools unless there's parent permissions and so you've got those layers to think through as well. Um, mm. But in terms of dangers, um, the only thing I could think of as well was like the risks that I think any Christian has of sharing their testimony or their story in the public sphere. What does that mean um, for work or what does that mean for a whole range of social dynamics which we may not be aware of? We don't know what the fallouts can be sometimes for going up and sharing at high length. Um, but but potentially tangential um, is it's actually a really good question, a tough one, and probably a bit more research needed on that one as well. That's a, it's actually worth saying. I, th I think at some point, at sometimes things like art can potentially, yeah, you know, people can look at the danger and say, oh, that can be misinterpreted and miss the fact that there's so many things that we think of as core ministry things that can be misinterpreted too. Like I even yeah. just reading the Bible dramatically yeah, you know, at one point, yeah. lear learning the passage where Jesus talks to the the Syrophoenician woman and says, you know, um, it's not right for me to take the children's meat and give it to the dogs. Now, if you're doing that as a dramatised reading, you have to be very careful about how you put words in Jesus' mouth, like how you speak those words to not make Jesus seem like a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> so those are those are there even in things, you know, even in preaching, even in just reading the Bible, you know, and I think sometimes we can look at art and kind of say, but there's dangers there and not realise actually those are just in communication. I mean, that's why it's important um, and probably ha perhaps one of the greatest joys about doing a perhaps a visual communication degree amidst all of this is um, just really thinking about the communication so that those uh, risks are mitigated from the, from the offset as much as possible. You can't yeah. stop everyone from finding fault or not everyone but some from finding fault, um, but you can do as much as you can to think about it before it's produced, yeah. Yeah, sort of knowledge is power but, or, or to put it another way, understanding is opportunity. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, something we touched on before, um, the idea of representing God or Jesus. Um, what's when you, when you are drawing Jesus on your page, and we've sort of touched on it lightly in different ways, but what, what are the things you need to be mindful of? What do you need to be mm -hmm. careful about how you draw him, how you don't draw him? Or, you know, how, how do you go about drawing God at all, or do you? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah, this is um, actually quite relevant. Yeah, absolutely. So this is quite a um, timely one of sorts because I've just also finished another project where this was front and centre of um, what the client was looking for, was um, finding someone that could draw Jesus <laughs> in a biblically correct and sound manner um, because I guess we've got what we commonly see for Jesus in the world, um, which tends to lean towards that, yeah, the Anglo-Saxon, blonde hair, blue eyes. So for Jesus. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth kind of character, maybe yeah, yeah. with a beard. Um, and it's it's not correct biblically. And so, you know, thankfully, with a bit of pause and looking through the Bible content, we can make some decisions about what he looks like because there's words about that. Um, there's information about that. Um, even just from context, we can go, well, actually, Jesus is Middle Eastern. Um, he 
at least I think it's Isaiah. They talk about him being average looking, so he's not going to be Jason Momoa with a beard either. Like he's he's going to be average looking. He's going to be a bit um, someone you're not really going to notice as well. But he's just going to be an average kind of character. Yeah, there's nothing you look um, at. Don't, oh my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. He's not going to time warp and change his outfit, so he's going to have your general garb of the day, um, your garments. Um, <clears throat> he's. I think the key thing is that he's going to have an expression of care and love. I think that that just commonly comes through, and so I try yeah. to make sure that's that is a focus. There is a kindness in his face, not a sharpness, mm. um, and and his manner. It's hard to explain sometimes what it, what it means to go through the process of imagining a person and, and drawing it, but his manner is very both relaxed and yet powerful. Mm. Um, mm. And so that's almost like he slouches just a little bit maybe, <coughs> so he's not demanding attention, although he yeah. is royal. He slouches just a little bit, but he's also... Uh, captivating in the rest of his gestures, whether that's hand expressions, whether that's his face and those sort of things. Um, and it's, that's sort of how I have him in my head as I'm drawing him a lot of the time. Mm. Um, and so it's trying to create um, a way of communicating quite a lot through just, just him as a person. Yeah. So you want to communicate what his cares are, depending <laughs> on the context of the image you're doing. Um, when he's flipping the tables, you want to do that in a way that isn't so ferocious yeah. that you're thinking he's a psychopath, but you want to show that there's a reason behind it. So you've got to find a balance between how much you draw of the expressions and how yeah. you how did, you do the gestures. How do you do angry and caring at the same time? Yeah. Mm. It's like kangry or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's about, yeah, trying to think that through with just a little bit more care um, mm. and admittedly I think um, something we'll talk about a little bit later might be the Upside Down Circus booklets and I'm not too sure if I didn't originally start drawing him a little bit Anglo-Saxon until mm. I've gone through this turmoil of figuring out how to represent him better as well. Um, mm. That's yeah. that one. That's exactly <clears throat> my next question I was going to actually <laughs> ask. You timed that very well but I thought your representation was excellent. <clears throat> I think and, it's um, great. Yeah. Or yeah, I thought, I thought so. <laughs> I, I, I liked it a lot. And, and uh, I was going to say, just before I ask, funnily enough, um, you've answered one of the questions one of our listeners asked uh, not long ago about how people represent Jesus in art and the aspects of <clears throat> appearance and what uh, we've seen and, and uh, in I suppose, a lot of books and a lot of picture books and stuff. So you've actually answered well, for a listener, which is wonderful because, uh, yeah, we were looking for it. We were looking for some opportunities and that's actually yeah. a really great uh, comment on it uh, at the moment. Yeah, There's actually two other aspects, um, if I might add a, a bit more, which is um, mm. sometimes I come across people who are in the Jesus had long hair camp and are in the Jesus had short hair camp because there would have been some way of cutting hair back then. Um, yeah. And so that itself I think comes down to the preference of the person I'm drawing for. Um, I personally would probably just have him with a sharper beard, um, that sort of thing, like not completely unruly but uh, I guess not too glorious either. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the trickier one, if you don't mind me, um, 
answering was about how to draw God as well. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah, in a lot of biblical context, there's like verses about his nature, but not necessarily about his physical appearance. And I know in church history, even um, drawing or having a painting around God itself, I think, was itself heretical um, for seasons. Um, and so I, I'm very cautious to draw a God character. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so with that, it kind of means um, what does it look like to actually draw God? And in the most recent project, it was sort of reflecting, um, thankfully, with someone else who was also um highly biblically in tuned, if that's the word for it, I'm mm. not sure. And thinking through, you know, we hear about a God who walks in the garden and relates with Adam and Eve, uh, a God who speaks, a God who sees. And so it gives you some scope to draw a humanoid figure um, mm-hmm. that may have hands to be able to communicate. Um, and this sort of ended up in that sort of outline kind of character with mm outbursts of glow and a crown um but nothing much more detailed than that perhaps a smile and that was about it that Um, that, that resonates very much with the the moses idea of you know he he very explicitly says you can't see my face but you can see my back which suggests both of those things might feature you know absolutely (laughs) yeah well I, i wanted to ask a little bit about um your book the the upside down circus book and how that came about and uh what the experience was of drawing that as quite a large publication and and the idea of having to do a lot in in uh in a space of time and think about all the compositions how how did that experience go for you yeah um so the upside down circus uh booklets um were created by the I forgot the name, but I think it's the the Northern Outreach something. Yeah, yeah I think um, so. something something similar to that. Yeah, and I do apologise if you are listening and I've forgotten your names. Uh, I will bring that up. I know I was working with Sarah Groom for a while, and then mm. I moved to a Sarah H as the main point person, and I also inherited these booklets. <laughs> Sorry, that'll be Sarah Harris, I think. Yes, yes. brilliant. <laughs> I think I only ever I had correspondence. Oh, great. I only had um, confirmed through email to Sarah H. And I don't think I ever got the last name from her because it was always through Upside Down Circus at something.com or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's Northern Outreach Program. And so um, I got that inherited by one John McQueen. So thank you. <laughs> um, so when I got the uh, chance to work on this booklet, um, it already had perhaps an established style. Um, it had established um, pages. It had ways that it was already represented in the community. And so the challenge there was maybe how do I take what's already there? I don't want to change the whole vibe of it, but how do I perhaps modify it so that I'm able to also bring um, my illustration style within it um, but not change it up so much that it's, looking foreign or anything like that um something they teach in uni is like when you go through brand redesigns you don't suddenly go from kleenex with the cursive in this navy blue to kleenex in graffiti writing in neon pink it's 
got to change the value even subconsciously um and so that was its own little challenge but I think in terms of briefs like I, I was given a pretty good outline of what to do and what to draw and where and then given a lot of creative freedom in how to do it with a couple of back and forths where maybe certain things needed to be modified if the communication wasn't as clear or perhaps I was a bit blurry on the target audience in the first booklet um, and how much they could comprehend and that side of things. Um, and so it was a really fun process to to work with them, to back and forth. Um, admittedly, I never actually went to any of the outreach programs. That's something I sorely missed out on. Um, and so every now and again when it comes to mind, I keep thinking I really wish I had the chance because it would be almost a, a joy to see that tail end of it where the kids have the booklets and they're looking in the things yeah. and seeing the expressions and, and seeing them enjoy the booklet. And I even had um, an opportunity, I think it was at uni, uh, at Bible College actually, where one of the mums um, was talking about the Upside Down Circus and how she's got these booklets for her kids. And wow. I think that was probably the closest I could get to to hearing some feedback from general public <laughs> so yeah. did you, did yeah, you put your hand up cool. or just let it slide <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like oh that's great I did those <laughs> well, yeah. I helped with those because it was really created by the team in terms of what they wanted in the context the visuals were just there to help aid their communication as a tool as its own thing to communicate sure but it was off of their thinking um and it was just, it's really fun <laughs> to work on it. Um, though admittedly, um, I have this habit sometimes of doing things last second. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first, I think it was the first time I did it, or maybe the second time, where um, in that same night I learned how to crochet because I was just struggling to, to focus on <laughs> finishing off the illustration. So I learned to crochet in a night. Sam was working on his honours thesis and so we actually both stayed up a full 24 hours. We got to 5am. I'd finished off the final of the illustrations to send off for final approval. Wow. And then we, yeah, we ended up going to um, try get KFC. <laughs> so <laughs> we learned that KFC wasn't open, um, but I did oh. learn crochet as well. Oh. So that's, okay. <laughs> that's not fair um, that it wasn't open. Oh, come on. You deserve it after that. Oh, I know. But um, <laughs> it's really fun working on the projects. Um, I think yeah. there were about three more, maybe four total um, in, in general, and it was just a joy each year to get mm. tapped on the shoulder again um, and to see if I would be available to work on these projects. And, um, yeah, it was quite a highlight. Um, mm. Yeah. I knew, nothing I, knew, I knew you'd be really good at that project. That's one of the reasons <laughs> I gave you. it to you because um, <clears throat> one of the things that you can do, which I've never really been able to do, is uh, it's hard to describe. You, you're, you're able to create expression and the, the, the human form in a much better way than I can. Uh, and uh, I thought it needed something that was a little bit more uh polished mine's my drawings are, are more uh they're quite simplistic in terms of i haven't really changed my style since 1985 
<laughs> so I I thought it needed something that was quite advanced in 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 appearance, and I'm not not trying to be self deprecating, but I I knew that you had a a particular style that would really translate well. I did uh, relate very much to what you said about being shown that book, though. Uh, one of the great pleasures I had was uh, when I was at Bible College, we went around to schools. And they were doing a Christian options program, which was one of the ones that I illustrated. And to actually be there in the room while they were doing it was just, it was it was quite amazing. I thought, wow, I, I really got a chance here to, to do something that I'm very proud of and I'm very blessed by. And mm-hmm. I get to see it. And and you don't see that very often. It's very hard to, to mm-hmm. see things sometimes. And uh, I suppose with things like artistic performance on stage, the applause is immediate. But when you're yes. doing something like that, you just <laughs> you're like, "Where's the applause?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, you throw it out there to the world and see what happens. It, yeah. it sometimes it feels like you throw it into the the yeah. the world, yeah. and you sort of have to go to the next project because there's no, yeah, you you no pray over it, up. you say, "Lord, mm. use this," but but mm. you often don't see it. But sometimes you do, yeah. which is great. Yeah, actually. But, um, Sorry, I just I should should quickly say for listeners. Um, so John has the freedom to be able to be de- self-deprecating. He is actually a very good cartoonist. He um, is, and there, there are two different styles. So John tends to do comics that you would far more be likely to you know you might associate with a, a magazine like a comic book or a magazine strip that you'd find in a newspaper mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, whereas Sheree yeah. has a very sort of graphic novel style. Mm. So I think that's the sort of difference we're talking about, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's really helpful. So, like, um, when I think of your work, John, I think of Garfield and that kind of consistency. Yeah. And, um, you know, Garfield's been one of my favourites over the years, and so it's been wonderful <laughs> to look at your work over the years as well. Um, PC as well. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember, John. Um, so, John, the context perhaps for listeners is that he was one of my leaders on a beach mission. And you wrote and drew all these cards for the campers with oh. little cartoon faces of everyone. And as a young kid, a young and I was like, that looks amazing. I'm going to do the same. And so I went around and passed all these cartoon faces of um, people to um, all the leaders. And I think that's one of the one of the first times I've also been quite inspired to really try and capture people's facial expressions as yeah. their faces. Like, and so, you know, I could also say kudos for many other opportunities that you may or may not know. <laughs> I'll always push them your way if I if I ever get anything. I'm, I'm just, I love what you do. Um, Thank you. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to, I might grab Lockie's question here, which is the second last one, which is uh, what are you most proud of doing? I suppose is there a project that stands out or something that stood out where you go, oh, I, I love that. That was, that's something where I felt really blessed to have been part of it might be this one that you we were just talking about or maybe there's another one that you've you've been doing or you've been in, involved in where you go yeah that was a great that was a great moment mm. I'm not sure if this is um part of how my ADHD works or if this <laughs> is part of how my my mind works with imposter syndrome sometimes but it almost feels like every time I work on a project or a new illustration I'm surprised that I could do that <laughs> And so the process of trying to to figure out, you know, is there anything that I'm most proud of um, is tricky because I feel like maybe pride's not the word, but I just am so excited and grateful that these are the things I get to do, um, that Mm. as someone who grew up drawing, um, 
has had different avenues where I could use it with my Christian faith. Uh, this is just exciting. Um, definitely yeah. the times perhaps where it's most exciting um, and I'm most grateful and I feel most connected um, to what God's calling me to do have to be those times where it connects illustration with outreach or program booklets um, like the, the Christian Option Program Redesign um, and those sort of things or um, the Northern the Upside Down Circus booklets. They themselves have their own power and they come off the backs of other people and I've just been able to add to that um under God's grace yeah and then there's also more recently um things where I've tried writing my own web comic um mm. and in another way that that for me has been quite fulfilling because I've said to the inner child this is okay you can do this and I'm stuck at it a bit longer and, and done a bit more to it um and that itself feels like I've had the chance to try and tell a story with good Christian themes through it, um, which throw in and fly out over time. Um, but it just feels like I'm connected again to God's calling when I do these things. And so mm. I don't know if it's pride as much as it is um, I feel like I'm tapping into that life source when I do this mm. stuff. Mm. And there's something really beautiful about that. Um, mm. And it it's it's interesting you mentioned that thing about imposter syndrome um one of the things from working in from working in a, crea- a, lot, of, a lot of different creative environments i i have started to encounter a lot of people who use creative as a noun in terms yeah. of i am a creative um yeah. and one of the things that goes along with that kind of mindset really often seems to be holding the two utterly incompatible beliefs at the same time one that you have useful valuable skills that really rate and you have something worthwhile to offer and at the same time the equally strong belief that you're rubbish and you can't do anything right (laughs) it's cold uh, out (laughs) yeah i'm in this image and i don't like it Um, and one of the like it's interesting because i quite often encounter people who i think will assume that someone creative is innately arrogant and what this what they might be seeing is that sense of I think there is something that I can do that's valuable here mm. um, but they might not be aware that they that they also have that intention of this constant thing of I'm, I'm not convinced I am any good and also quite often an awareness of just how dangerous pride is and so there's this constant right. battle of hang on which voice should I be listening to <laughs> absolutely and I mean that's part of it is this wrestle um, of which voice do you listen to um, and know biblically and across any Christian journey, are you listening to a voice that accuses you and weighs you down or are you listening to the voice that lifts you up and, and points to the things that are of good things um, or of your good values and the things that you've been blessed with? Um, and, yeah, that's I think the imposter syndrome is just a sneaky thing with horns that, that really tries to <laughs> – undermine almost anything and everything it can Um, Mm. and I do think it's part of maybe the creative journey because you can't explore the depths of happiness without exploring the depths of sadness and the depressive elements that then again Mm. fuel the need for wanting to create good things in the world Um, that's that's what allows (laughs) you to be able to to bring that that forward um, by going through those darker depths maybe not that you mm-hmm. want that all the time, but God, I think, sometimes uses that in the work of an artist 
because you're going to connect across those emotions again, the six emotions, and one of them is sadness. Um, but then one of them is happiness. And yeah. so how do you, yeah, that's, that's so there. Yeah, yeah, I've had to learn a little bit of that lesson myself in terms of I'm naturally a bit of an ultra-optimist, <laughs> even when things are quite grim. Um, for some reason, I've... I'm, it's good. Yeah, I've learned to be quite optimistic. Um, and uh, when it came to drawing particular projects in the past and people have said, okay, this is, you know, the, you know, like the world gone wrong, you know, like in, in Genesis, you know, things like that. And I, I'd, I'd, I'd think to myself, oh, but I draw happy things um, <laughs> in a very simplistic way, I think, but I draw happy. I draw, a, but you can't understand, uh, it, we, you know, you, you have to, you have to say to yourself, actually, this is this is so important that we understand the depth of our depravity and the depth of the the problems that humanity has in order to represent that and um, <clears throat> understand that our need for a savior is that things are you know ugly and do get ugly and uh, and we have a wonderful savior that yeah. rescues us and I have to represent this in this particular way um, and uh, it's important to to put that across because. Often a lot of people, you know, in the world today, you know, it's it's there's a lot of gloss over all this terrible stuff. Oh, no, it's not so bad. Or, oh, no, yeah, this is actually good when it's actually bad, you know. And uh, Christ shows us, you know, that, uh, you know, he's here to rescue us from those, you know, terrible things that, that, are, that are in the world that are actually harmful. Um, so it's uh it can be a challenge sometimes to, to go out of your depth a bit and uh but, but when you do it yeah you become it becomes all the more richer so yeah, yeah. there's a and there is a, even there's a lot of power that goes with that I've, I've, i remember john your original drawings for the very first upside down mm. um book that you did you you have quite a cartoony style so it has this sense of fun and joy and a, a sort of a comedic quality to it mm. um right through it which i I think was really good for particularly for the kids that were reading it. And then you got to the cross and just for a moment, the the silliness and the lightheartedness just pauses and takes a breath. And it's just, it wasn't you, you there was nothing grisly yeah. or anything like that. It was just like, Oh, there's no joke here. Mm. Um, and it's, it's like that moment in like, if you've ever watched mash, you know, it's, it's a comedy series, but it's about the war and just every now and then they stop and you, you lose the joke. And it's like, like this, this is a really dark place, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's yeah. a lot of power in being able to do that. This thing of, you know, there's there's one thing in here that we're not making light of, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I think I, you can go, you can go too far down the rabbit hole of the darkness elements. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think we're called to be a light in this world. Mm. But then it's also yeah, balancing that out with not then going to like. For me personally, I also then have to try and figure out how do I represent life authentically, and so that means what does it mean to represent a less than happy emotion when I'm feeling less than happy? But yeah. I struggle with that because I also want to keep light shining through. Because the more I draw smiling people, the more I'm smiling too. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's a challenge in that. Um, yeah, but a lot of the the illustrations and the story <laughs> stuff I tend to move into is about um people in dark places mm. working out how to find strength and they, needing others to actually help them find joy 
much like the Christian message is you, you can't do that within yourself sometimes. You do need someone external, a.k.a. Jesus, to come in and pull yeah. you out of that space. Um, yeah. Well, that's a, that's the best possible thing you you could do, I think, in art is to po- point people to Jesus. So that's mm. wonderful. Mm. Um, I do have a question, final one for you, from me at least, uh, which is do you have any goals for, I suppose, improving any particular aspect of your art, anything that you go, I'd love to do this better or I'd love to advance in this area because I think that could <laughs> could grow what I do in, in, in serving or in representing, um, you know. That's something you want to get sharper at. Yeah, yeah. something to sharpen. I mean, I've, I've, tr- <laughs> I've tried to keep it um, as succinct as I can because yes. um, I'm of a growth mindset, uh, which means that I constantly want to learn and grow. Yeah. Um, and I sort of broke it into a couple of categories. So I've got technical projects, uh, so marketing and definitely spirituality. Mm. Um, mm. So, <laughs> so um, from a technical standpoint, this might give you a small glimpse of the sort of stuff that goes through my mind as I'm thinking about illustration. Um, but I really want to keep figuring out how to or a good picture um, that can be sold as a standalone piece, almost like a digital art, visual art piece. Um, mm, mm. I guess you could say NFT, but I don't think I want to fall into that camp of artists. Just for, yet. The, no offense just to for, those the, who do. for the layman, <laughs> NFT. I, I <laughs> well, is, Isn't it a non, the, non-fungible token? Non-fungible yeah, something fundable, so we can all. Is that fundable or fun? Uh, yeah, um, I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. I know the notion of it, where it's almost like having an art piece physically, but it's it's, it's digital transfer, and so yes. you get the specific chain or blockchain or code which allows you to say, "I actually own this GIF, GIF, however you want to say it. I own this mm. image. I own this illustration. Here's my authentication code." Um, and you pay for that. Some people pay really high end. I haven't quite understood it yet. I don't know if I want to buy in just yet because you actually have to buy um, credit. So you have to put money into it first to be able to do it. Um, right. It's still, yeah. it's a bit out of my field right now. Um, yeah. But um, in general, something I just want to keep learning at is how do I do good composition on a page? How do I get dynamic posing that brings people into the things I want to focus on through colour or posing. Um, Just really just trying to work on that a bit. Um, As I work on my comic art, um, particularly on my stories and the web comic, I'm trying to still figure out how to draw characters into an environment where the perspective is correct. And so it may be that there's a grid. Um, It might be trying to figure out just, you know, what's the best way to put them on the page but I don't want the heads to be out of proportion. Um, yeah. It took a long time to be comfortable drawing two characters in one scene. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think I can get up to four now, so that's that's great. <laughs> great. <laughs> I, I used um, to muck around with the proportion. You know, when you you have things from different directions, I would I would squish yeah. people into a square and have the square really small until they squished up like together, going, you know, "This square is too small." Yes. For us. So, um, I used to have fun Absolutely. with that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, that's good. So, something that I um, maybe forgot to mention, I'm not sure it pops to mind, is that the more realistic you go with your art style, the more you, you have to be correct with proportions. Um, yeah, it's less forgiving 
from a yeah. audience point of view. And so the more I work on my comic art, the more I have to keep up skilling. And so um, that comes down to colours, that comes down to movements, that comes down to expressions. They just keep getting sharper. Um, even how to draw necks is the next one on my actual technical list. <laughs> In a better way, how do you understand the anatomy of necks so that when people are moving their heads, how does that play out? Yeah. And I'd, um, but that's just I'd, a, a little glimpse. <laughs> I'd say that's not even, it's not just a matter of how much detail you have on the model, like on the, the image. One of my favourite artists, which people might think is odd, um, but the, the good news, um, uh, there's a, a, I think she's Swiss, the artist that's um, behind all those images, um, mm. which I, and I find inspirational. You look through the good news from that perspective. Mm. She's doing lines, she's doing drawings so that are just like three lines but yes. the understanding yes. of form and expression and positioning of a chin and perspective and things like that that goes into those three lines is just phenomenal. Yes. Yeah. Well I, I, done. Do, do you, have you seen those, Cherie, the, the, the Good News Bible? It I used have. to be in Uniting Churches. Yeah. And uh, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to skip through and try and find all the pictures because, yeah, like Lockie said, it was just it's a couple of lines and you think, oh, my goodness, how on earth does she capture that <laughs> with such they don't even have yep. facial features it's amazing yeah. it's it's that, amazing that it's, it really looks resentful one of the most <laughs> distinct forms yeah Sorry, yes. was that i mean and as a, i was gonna say it's one of the the best uh, simplest ways of communication because line can really say a lot how you do it where you place it and as a kid, I also did the same. I grew up in the Uniting Church, and so I would pick up these books and I would find all the different pictures. And it was just amazing to see what they could do with black and white. Mm. And one of the the things that is an influence in many regards that black and white contrast, yeah. and what you can just yeah put across. Isn't that amazing um, that we all saw that? that we've mm. all seen that same version of the Bible with the the you know with that in it and we're all saw oh isn't that interesting yeah yeah that's great if yeah. the illustrator is still alive and manages to hear this i think they've done a fantastic job um yeah. with communication yeah. we all admire you i think the that's name right. is any good um, <laughs> oh great um so in terms of projects um i really want to keep looking into the christian market and creating resources um Something I'm doing on the side at the moment is teaching a arts class to primary age kids, oh, and there's some yeah. joy in being able to um, do the visual arts again, but also just see where they're at in terms of what are they learning, and and so it's helpful to go, okay, how could we create Christian resources into primary arts or primary school ages and that sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's a huge market around comic art and manga in that area. There's a huge pickup. Um, and I'm always giving myself excuses sometimes, but um, I think there's, yeah, there's so many people out there I think that can also partner in these sort of things. So throwing the gauntlet yep. out there, um, uh, this is a great area. The internet is becoming one of the main ways that people communicate nowadays, and it is such a visual medium. Yeah. And, uh, like, even just the mm -hmm. example of it is that we we don't really do classical illusions or, you know, those those sort of things anymore. We, it's not a, such a common thing to have a, a like a reference to a book or a movie or something in your speech, but memes mm. are the same idea. That you know this this one image yes. that has 
has an emotional image with it. You know, and it's just a, it's just a hint to the fact that this a lot so many of the this, this coming you know the, the the newer generations think visually, and so there's so much potential for you know this kind of ministry, effectively, but but you know artwork in general. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of marketing, I've got myself in operation headspace. <laughs> Um, the thing to keep learning in is um, I'm a bit of an introvert. I would call myself extrovert introvert, but I'm kind of on both camps. And so mm. still trying to learn how to, to to do that side of things as a small business owner. How yeah. do you market? How do you do anything like that to get more connections? Because the more connections mean hopefully more people can get um, Christian illustrations into their projects and that sort of stuff. So. So still figuring that out, but um, I know that my niece is obviously better than I am. She knows how to use, I don't know, YouTube or something like that. So maybe I'll learn from the younger generations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And, yeah, yeah, I was going to say if... The, if uh, and um, finally... Yeah. No, go, Sheree. You're the guest. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, because um, <laughs> it's... It's just written out. Um, in terms of spiritually, there's always so much to learn. Um, and I think we touched on this a little earlier, is the mental games that can go on. And as an artist, there's big ups and there's big downs sometimes because mm. we've just seen the world in a bit more of an emotional way maybe or um, maybe there's a bit more of a disconnect from the high academic thinking, um, which is always a part of what everyone does. Um, and, again, this is my own language and this is my own experience. Um, but I think the thing to keep learning all the time is to let God take control, um, mm. to trust that he has given these skills, um, to trust that any opportunity that comes ahead is his doing and to keep discerning with him in mind um, so that his will is kind of done through the whole process. It's not for my own grandeur, but it's for his stuff to be thrown out there, his stuff to work, his kingdom to come through this particular yeah. mechanism. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. Now, thank <laughs> you so much, Sheree. It's been an absolute pleasure um, yeah. talking to you. Uh, Apologise as my voice fades more and more. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happened to my voice. It's doing but well. It's been, <laughs> yeah. But it's been wonderful to have you here and uh, uh, talk to us all about how you share the gospel through art and through your drawings and your your visual representations and uh we would love to continue to see you you know grow and flourish in that and to to see more opportunities come your way and uh and growing in all those areas you want to grow so mm-hmm. so yeah. we should should maybe um if Sheree's okay with it we maybe get a, an image or two of her work up on the socials so people can sort of see what we're talking about Absolutely. Absolutely. How can we how can we best um, do that with you, Sheree? Yeah, so I've got apparently most active on my Instagram and my Facebook. So that's Jeske Designs, J-A-E-S-C-H-K-E Designs. Um, and we're currently, Sam and I are working on the website at the moment, which is always a bit exciting to be able to do that, I guess, in-house, a bit of a cute little project together. Um, and that'll eventually be jeskydesigns.com. So that, there'll probably be a link somewhere 
um, that gets published, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's mostly where I'm at with everything. Awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Lucky, did you want to say anything else at this point? <clears throat> no, my voice because I cannot say anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, we I feel like we've we've covered so much, um, and I know it's growing late. Um, I think we've probably got about twenty five minutes later than we've, but it's just it's <laughs> such an easy conversation to have. Um, but yeah, I'd say thank you so much for for joining us, Cherie. Um, uh, and I <laughs> I hope this gets not only sort of an opportunity for people to see what you do, but an opportunity for people to think about just sort of um, art and illustration and what uses it can be put to and how, how you get into it, even if there's any sort of um, four-year-olds working on their storyboards thinking, what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, they they got to stay exposed and stay interested, really. There's so yeah. much YouTube <laughs> tutorials. There's so many people out there that yeah. can help. Yeah. There's an internet now. <laughs> there is an internet. The ge next generation is going to be far better than our generation of illustrators. <laughs> They're going to be on point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sheree. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, the Lord bless you with your next plans ahead. <laughs> In fact, Thank you for having me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> oh, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> oh, I was about to say, John, John, do we want to quickly pray for Sheree just to finish? Let's do that. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord, Father, thank you. We, oh, sorry, I interrupted. <laughs> Should I cut that bit? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm just going to get my blues voice. Yeah. I'm going to record a blues album after this podcast, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you start, Lucky. Go right ahead. Uh, sure. Lord, thank you so much for Sheree and all the gifts you've given her and the amazing servant heart you've given her and all the qualities um, that you've built into who she is. We just pray that you bless her, you give her opportunities to use her gifts, you give her opportunities to encourage others and you'd be con constantly growing her and strengthening her, teaching her new things um, and making her more like yourself and just give her plenty of opportunities to do what she loves along the way. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Yeah, Father, thank you so much for Sheree and, and thank you for the fact that she's using the gifts that you've given her in amazing ways. And we pray that there'll be many more opportunities that she can share your gospel with the world, uh, in whether it's in visual art, in painting or in drawing, experimenting with digital art. We just pray that all those tools will be available for her, that she'll uh, meet the right people who can give her the skills and, and the the uh, the open doors to go through to be able to share in the optimum way about your son. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.